0: Happy Friday, or whichever day you're listening to this podcast. Hopefully it is Friday, and I am so excited to share our very first bonus episode of RJ Answers. We're answering your career questions right here, and in this episode, I had the opportunity to speak with Celine. She's 22 years old from Los Angeles. She recently graduated from college, and she was looking for some advice. So without further ado, here is our inaugural RJ Answers. Hello. Hi, Celine. This is Rebecca Jarvis. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You're on No Limits. Yay. I'm so <laughs> excited to be on. <laughs> well, I- I'm thrilled to have you with us. So tell me a little bit about yourself and what we can do for you, what questions we can answer for you.
1: Okay. Well, I am I just graduated in May from um, Cal State Northridge. I majored in broadcast journalism. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um I basically had throughout my whole entire college career like um five internships and then I recently just got a job but um I guess my questions basically have to do with um getting into the work field just because it's not exactly where I want to be.
0: So you so. are you're currently doing some freelance work, I understand?
1: Yes, correct. I'm a freelance um, writer at the Daily Mail for the um, showbiz section, so all the entertainment stuff, and then I also have an internship at Disney with ABC7 News.
0: Those are both great, great internships. And I love that you're in the ABC family already. That's fantastic. (laughs) One of the things I would recommend to you, first off, you have two amazing resources already at your fingertips. Working for the Daily Mail on Freelance, working for ABC7 in LA. Both of those opportunities, you're already in the door. And what you make of things once you're in the door has a lot to do with what you end up doing in terms of new opportunities. So one thing I would tell you to do, and maybe you're already doing this, but Reaching out to people in the workplace, for example, at the Daily Mail, um, people whom you admire, writers whom you admire, editors whom you admire, sending them a note telling them, hey, let's grab coffee sometime. Have you done anything like that? No,
1: I, I feel like I have like such a little confidence when it comes to reaching out to like higher ups than me. I like I can do like I have that confidence in my personal life. But when it comes to jobs, I do not have any of that feels just because I feel like I'm so below in the totem pole.
0: I, I completely understand that. I, I can tell you that literally I've spent a lifetime being in rooms where I feel like I'm the least important person in the room. So why would I go up and talk to anyone? I'm just going to annoy them, right? Do you feel that way sometimes? Exactly. Exactly. So what I would tell you is that that thinking, while, while certainly there are going to be people out there who don't want to take the time. The beauty of numbers is that statistically, if you send emails to enough people, if you ask enough people out to coffee at least some of those people are going to be decent good people, right? And they're going to actually want to take a few minutes and you make it really easy for them. Something I I always encourage people to do when they reach out to me is if you send an email to someone, you say to them, hey I'd love to catch up with you and hear more about your work. You're not going in asking them for a job. You're not going in and asking them for work on their end. All you want to do is hear a little bit about their story. So you make it really easy. You tell them let's take 15 minutes grab a coffee and you let them know a couple of times that might work. That's really key because one of the things, one of the biggest barriers to people replying to emails when you're trying to set something up with them is knowing The timing of it. If if you give Mm -hmm. me work on my end, if you make me have to spend time thinking about the right time to have a conversation with you, I'm going to be a lot less likely to send back a note with times that work for me. But if you, Celine, go to them and say, hey, do any of these times work for you? I'd love to catch up with you for 15 minutes and grab a coffee in the building. I think that the chances that you'll at least hear back from a handful of those people are high. And once you go and have those conversations, think about it as developing a relationship and think about it as as hearing their story much more so than how am i going to get make this turn into a new job perfect yeah i i understand that
1: like that was that was amazing that was my first question <laughs> i'm so glad but, yeah it, I, it it was honestly just that hard part of like how getting that conversation started
0: so At the end of the day, most people do enjoy talking about themselves and, and people, and I do think that genuinely people want to be helpful. You just have to make it as easy for them as possible to be helpful. And it really, first of all, you have to believe in yourself, which I know sometimes can be scary and hard to do, but you're totally worth it. Okay, Celine, you could be the next Diane Sawyer, right? Yeah, exactly. That's the dream. All right. We're the next Rebecca Jarvis. I love it. I love it. I believe in you, Celine. I believe that's 100% <laughs> possible. So you have to you have to remind yourself that you're at the beginning and everybody begins somewhere. Everybody gets started somewhere. And for most of us, myself included, part of how we got to where we got to was because there were decent people along the way who gave us advice, who gave us a little bit of their time. And the the number one thing to keep in your mind is... Just just think about it from the standpoint of I know there are decent people out there and if I run into one of the bad ones... It doesn't matter. I move on. I go on to the next one and then the next one and then the next one. And the reality is, as you create more and more of these relationships, then you have a pool of people who ultimately are a little invested in you and will be looking out for you. So that when a big opportunity comes up, Jane, who had a conversation with you and John and Dan and and Emily, Mm -hmm. all of those people who had a conversation with you somewhere along the way think, oh, this this job opportunity would be the perfect thing for Celine. I'm going to forward her an email about this. Also, and that's, that's one of the things that's key. So after that initial conversation, after you go out and you have your coffee and you have a nice conversation, a quick email, something really short. It doesn't have to be involved. Hey, really enjoyed talking to you. Look forward to continuing the conversation. That's the follow-up. Then what I would recommend that you do is you stay in touch. Do it. Do it. You don't have to be obsessive about it. You don't have to go back to them every week. One thing I think is always a good idea is if you set name alerts on people. So if you had a great conversation with someone and you set a Google alert on their name and you look at any articles that come out that they've written or things that are written about them or things that are written about their industry, and then you Mm -hmm. can always use that article as your reason to come back to them and say, hey, I saw you were written about here or, oh, I saw your article or I saw the story you did on this that's a great way to remind them that you're out there thinking of them and it's another way for you to show um you know show them that you care about the work that they're doing as well
1: yeah totally i get that thank you um another question i would get um so broadcast journalism was like my emphasis in college and um as you know like having a reel is one of the biggest parts and, um, so the week after I graduated, I showed a, I showed, I guess he's a recruiter for all like the big stations and he basically told me that my presence on TV wouldn't be good enough. So I'm just trying to work on my reel, but I worked seven days a week. So I was just wondering like how I would utilize, I guess, like asking um reporters if I can go and shadow them or something like that just I've gotten asked that but just like finding time or um I don't know like just
0: what would be your best way to kind of improve being on camera sure well experience is is the biggest part of it and I know it's hard to find the experience when a you don't have the time or b you don't have the opportunity let me ask you this what what is currently on your reel
1: my reel right now, I have, um, like, three stand-ups, and then I have um, two packages, and then at the end, I have, like, some anchor work that I've done, like, at during my college show.
0: Have you ever tried going out with your, your friends and telling a story. For example, if one of your friends were to have their iPhone and hold it up and videotape you in front of a building where something happened or a place where news has occurred, have you ever played around with that at all? Yes, I've, I've done that before. Uh huh. Because I think that's one way. I mean, today, the difference between what you're able to test today and experiment with versus what you used to do today, You know, even 10 years ago before the iPhone, it's completely changed everything. And I it doesn't have to be uh, a really serious thing. You could literally take 30 minutes every weekend when you have a day off and just play around with it. And that's what I would would really recommend that you do shadowing people is great. And especially if you find that some of these contacts that you create by reaching out to people are people who are willing to let you shadow them. That might be something that if a conversation is going really well with someone at the end of the conversation, you could throw in, hey, I'd love to shadow you sometime. Would that be possible? That would be a great way to get that kind of experience. But it doesn't it doesn't specifically require that kind of experience in order to get I think what you really need for the real, what you need for the Mm -hmm. real are opportunities to show yourself and to be who you are on camera. And you'll be so much more comfortable if you just make it about, give yourself the next three months and say every single weekend for the next three months, I'm going to spend 30 minutes and I'm going to go out 30 minutes with a friend of mine, a couple of good friends of mine, and I'm going to try different standups. And I'm just going to come up with fun things. And don't make it serious. A lot of these can be on the editing room floor. In fact, a, most of them will probably be on the editing room floor. But it's that constant process of just trying over and over that I think is going to make you more and more comfortable. And you might even find that doing that allows you to put a few things on your reel from those experiences. Mm, that's great. Yeah, I, I never thought about that. That I can just go out with friends. So, I mean, that's the the world today. Really, what what somebody who is hiring you wants to see is they want to see in in broadcast journalism. They want to see how you tell a story, who you are, and and how you behave on camera. And I think that the the beauty of where we are today is and technology today is that people are way more comfortable on camera than they used to be and if you can show that level of comfort to anybody who's interested in hiring you and you also come with all the great clips from the daily mail and the fact that you have all of this writing experience which by the way is incredibly important it's it's one Mm -hmm. of the most important things especially when you're just coming into a news organization so you already have a leg up on a lot of people because of the internships that you you have currently yeah exactly more from our discussion after a quick word from our sponsor.
1: Are you hiring? Join the over 3 million businesses that use Indeed.com for hiring. You can post a job in minutes and manage your candidates from an easy-to-use dashboard. Post your next job on the world's number one job site, Indeed.com. Um, another question. Um, I, I always hear whenever I like listen to No Limits, it's about women who have families and talk about, like, balancing their lives. And although uh, I'm not getting my family started anytime soon or anything, I do have, like, of course, like, a personal life. And so working seven days a week has definitely put me, like, in this bubble because I still have friends that are just, like, going to school or I don't really see anyone or, like, just working in print. Everyone's just writing stories constantly, so I don't really get any of those, like, interpersonal connections at all. So I would just I was just wondering, like, if you had any advice to kind of, like, keep my, like, sanity sane or just, like, kind of, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a very, like, talkative person, like, very social. So uh, I kind of feel like I've been, like, set back a little just because I don't really get that or, like, how to keep those, like, friendships kind of fresh.
0: So I totally feel you on this one, because I started when I graduated from college, uh, my first job was in investment banking, and I was working 100 hours a week, I was barely sleeping, I barely saw my friends. In fact, I lived in I live with two roommates, and they would have every Wednesday night, they would have people over to our apartment and have a party, they would watch like friends or something. I know I'm dating myself here. But they would watch friends, (laughs) or whatever it was that they would watch. And they would order Chinese food. I didn't know they did this. I, I I literally had no idea and they would have like 10 women hanging out in the apartment. I didn't know this until 2 years later when I moved out and they were like, "Oh, we're going to miss our Wednesday nights." And I'm like, "What?" what wednesday nights i so so i feel you it was it was a really tough time and i think there were definitely moments in that time where i i got to a point where like i couldn't even stand the smell of the office i just felt like the office had a smell because i was working so much in it and i would call my mom and be like i don't know mom the office stinks there's <laughs> i'm here all the time and i hate it but yeah. but retrospectively while that was a hard time for me to go through I am very glad that I did it because it definitely it was it was the hustle it was the hardest thing but it also set me apart from other people who didn't make that choice and frankly it's one of the reasons why I ended up I think, in the world of journalism because I, I paid my dues in such a significant way. And I would say to you that as, as much as you're – I know those moments where some days you just say to yourself, like, is this worth it? Why am I doing yeah. this? Should I just quit now? Well, if I quit now, I already put all this other time in. So then what does it all amount to? And I think that for me – it ended up working out. And I, I feel like for you, you're on the right path that if you you keep paying your dues, and you stay focused on the things that you really want to accomplish, and you try to incorporate every week, something that you have to look forward to, I do think light at the end of the tunnel is important. So if there's a, you know, a, a weekly routine, maybe it's a class that you take, or maybe it's something that you do with a friend or friends, plural, every single week, so you know, you have that thing to look forward to, I think, think that'll also help keep your spirits up yeah great thank you thank you
1: yeah that 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 honestly just like having that kind of feeling like I, I'm in a little lonely bubble just because I feel like no one could really relate to like the working life yet I just feel kind of like secluded and so I never really knew like if I talk about my work I don't want to bore anyone with that kind of stuff, or I don't even get to talk to anyone. So yeah, that, that was just like, but I, I definitely understand the hustle and I don't want to give up on my dream at all. So I'm it's like all about that. Um, what would you say um, a rookie mistake in journalism that either you made or you see happen constantly?
0: Hmm. Well, I think, honestly, I think that the feeling that there's only one way to get there is probably like one of the bigger rookie mistakes I see. For example, like you, um, and and by the way, I hate that somebody told you that your reel wasn't good enough and like you should just basically stop. I hate that somebody said that to you. And for me, um, a lot of people would say to me early on, oh, you have to do this. In order to be a journalist, you have to go out and do this. You have to move to this town. You have to take this particular role. And And I think that while there are certain stepping stones that can work for people, there isn't an ordained path. And I think that the biggest rookie mistake is thinking, if I if I do X, Y, and Z, then I'm guaranteed to have this particular outcome. And the same thing, I think, is a mistake, is to think that you have to do things a certain way in order to have a great outcome. Um, and, and also, one thing for you as you're working so hard I hope that you'll remember to enjoy it along the way and not just purely think about it as whatever the outcome is, is is the end game. Because if you're not enjoying it along the way, you're missing out and you never know what the end game is going to be. And I don't know what my end game is. I mean, I'm here I am mm-hmm. in my career. I'm 36 <laughs> years old. Who knows where this whole thing goes? So if you're not enjoying it, then you're missing out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, I mean, I only have one more question, if that's
0: okay. Yeah, of course. You're a journalist. Obviously, (laughs) you have a lot of questions.
1: Yeah. um, Okay, so, of course, I'm working in print, and like I told you, I want to go into broadcast. Um, But I always hear, like, in your podcast as well, like, people always tell, like, other people or even you that, that's crazy like why are you taking those risks and so um like I know going to like other states that's like usually a big risk especially in journalism you have to like go somewhere to get your career started so um I don't know like how to just like take those like I I want to take those risks but at the same time I'm such I'm such a like A and B type of person like I have to think about like i i don't like just taking chances and leaping but then at the same time i know that's what it's all about how would, <laughs> what would be some advice that you, like just to like break off the shackles a little i guess so like so to say and take that leap of faith into um going somewhere or like even i whenever i talk to my parents they're always like well is that the most like financial stable thing to do you're making great money right now like I don't, sorry, I don't know what to say about that.
0: <laughs> well, so, okay, listen, I I do value, personally, I value financial stability. It's another reason why I went into finance initially. It allowed me to pay off my student loans, and then I didn't have to think as much about the financial side when I went into journalism, which doesn't pay that well. It, in particular, doesn't pay that well in the early years what, mm-hmm. One thing I would tell you to do is, I think it's great that you're talking to your parents about this. It's important to talk to people who you really trust. Uh, about big decisions like this. And some of the other people that you can talk to, maybe there's a professor that you had a close relationship with or professors that you had close relationships with, I would talk to them. Um, I would also, if you're actually thinking about going somewhere else, let's say there's another newsroom in another city that is offering you an opportunity, I would ask them before you take that opportunity if there's anyone else there that you could talk to who's currently a journalist, who young and in the same position that you're In, So that you can talk to them and really get a true feeling for what that world is going to look like for yourself. I think that will do one of two things. Either it'll open your eyes to the fact that you're not going to be really happy in that situation, or alternatively, Mm -hmm. it will allow you uh, to see that actually what you're afraid of is, is not that scary because this other person who has similar interests to yours and comes from a similar background to yours has figured out a way to make it happen. Now, if that's not a possibility and, and everything, you know, you've got an opportunity in front of you and you think, I have to just seize the day and I have to do this. Then mm-hmm. I would say to you, in the best case scenario, what you could do is you could go to your current boss and you could say, I'm about to take a leap of faith. I am going to take this other opportunity. I, or I'm, I'm about to take a leap of faith. I'm thinking about taking this other opportunity. If I were to go and do this. And it didn't work out. What are the chances that I could come back and and continue working for you? Now, that's risky because basically Mm -hmm. you're telling your boss that you're going to leave. But... It may, if you have a great relationship already with the company and if you're doing something that's very valuable to them, it may be the kind of situation where someone would say to you, you know what, we we always could use more people like you. So if that thing doesn't work out and you come back, we could have an opportunity or there would be a good chance that there'd be an opportunity here. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yes. Yeah, That. I never thought about asking that. But yeah. You have I, to
0: be careful with it because <laughs> uh, because if you go in and you ask for it, you're basically telling your boss that you're thinking about leaving. And if you have a relationship with your boss and you think that it's the kind of work environment where they could always use an extra freelancer, for example, or someone else who, who does what you do, then you're mm-hmm. probably in a in a decent situation. However, if the boss, you know, is upset by it or hears basically hears you say that you're you're thinking about leaving, that can also basically be like a, you know, well, see you later, because they get the impression that you're leaving. I just think if, if your major hump, if your major obstacle is not the opportunity itself, if you actually have an opportunity, but you're just afraid to take the opportunity, I'm telling you some ways that I think you could create security nets for yourself so that you would feel potentially more comfortable taking the leap. And then the last thing I would say is, at the end of the day, you can take the leap, and if the leap doesn't work out, there's always another option. There is always another option. You're a cre- creative, clever person. You've had five internships. You're working for the Daily Mail. You're working for ABC. That, that's great, okay? That's fantastic <laughs> what, you, what you're doing. So you have to remind yourself, I've already figured a lot of things out. If I can figure all of those things out, then surely I can figure out the situation if it doesn't pan out the way I want it to. I mean, think about the college that you went to, right? If that hadn't mm-hmm. been the right college, you could have found another college. You could have figured out an alternative, right? Yeah. So, but but before you went to college, I bet you didn't think that. No. <laughs> right? Not at all. Right? You thought yeah. that you literally had to go to one particular place and that life would be totally different if you didn't go there. Yeah. So life is filled with this stuff. It's totally filled with this stuff. And I think that the most important lesson, the thing I hope you take away, is to just keep going and to remind yourself of the power that exists inside of you and that you've already figured so many things out. You clearly are going to figure this one out, too. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you called in, Celine. Great questions. Thank you. Thank you for taking time
1: out of your day. This is honestly my favorite podcast. And... I look up to you. I put you like on the same pedestal as Oprah. So.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's amazing. I'm blushing. You can't see me, but I'm I'm so touched. <laughs> I'm so touched by that. Sincerely, you have no idea. And I'm so glad that we can be an inspiration. There's a lot of people here um, at ABC who help make this all happen. And I really appreciate you for calling in. Um, and let us know w- what what your next move is, whatever it is, because we want to follow along and we want to hear your story. Yes, thank you. And thank
1: you to everyone who helps with the podcast. I like from a journalism standpoint, I, all the producers, all the tech, like I, I understand all that. So thank you. It's, it's you an amazing group. So
0: I've got two of them here with me in studio. Josh Cohan and Taylor Dunn are, are sitting with me here in studio right now. So it's an amazing group. Hi, Josh and Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a few of them here. And I'm really excited to share your story with all of our listeners. Thank you. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to RJ Answers. It was our round one. We're going to keep improving, keep getting great questions from you. So send us a note. You can send it directly to me at no limits with at gmail.com. Again, that's no limits with podcast at gmail.com. Tell me a little bit about yourself, what questions you have, and then we'll give you the information to call in and we'll do it next week. Thanks so much. Have a great one.